show was recorded live before cartoon audience. And now, straight from a small ship off the coast of Norway, the Jibber Jower Power Half Hour. Welcome to the second episode of the Jibber Jabber Power Half Hour. I'm Mary. And I'm James. Today we've got a lot of great topics, so let's get started with the news topic. Um, It looks like Steve Jobs resigns from Apple as the CEO. In his resignation letter, his advice was to promote uh, Tim Cook, formerly the COO, as the new CEO. Um, Jobs was also named chairman of the board, so he's just kind of stepping down. Apparently it's for uh, health reasons. What? I said, boo, bring back the waz. Oh, God. Um, He's got pancreatic uh, problems. I think it's cancer. I'm not entirely sure. It's not lupus, though. Um, As long as it's not lupus. It's never lupus. (laughs) Jobs co-founded Apple in 76 with Steve Wozniak. He was forced out in 85, then by, by then CEO John Scully. Um, Anyway, he returned to Apple in early 97, and then Apple just completely exploded from there, you know, and, and what did you call it earlier? Niche market. A niche market. Just yeah. completely took this like tiny little area and made it global. You know, I think it was really a great thing that he did for that one. Yeah, he so really, he really huh? turned Apple around. He really did. You know, it's, it's sad to kind of see him step down, but he'll still be in the company. So I think we'll still see a lot of good things from Apple. I think it's more of a uh, probably a figurehead position than a, a real power power position. Do you do you think that was true when he was CEO, or do you think it'll it, that'll be more true now? I think it's more true now. I mean, I mean CEO I, up until like the last year when he was coming when he had the actual pancreatic problems, he he was out he was out of the way for for a lot of that. So I don't think he had a lot yeah. of say in what was going on. But mm-hmm. I think that now that the chairman of the board position is probably more just a figurehead thing to keep him in the company so they use his name. You know, I don't know. I think I think if you if you start a company from scratch, you know, and you're you're kind of ousted and then you're let back in and you really turn it around again, like for a second time, you know, it just seems like you'd want to stay in it as much as you can, despite your health. But I can understand wanting to step down from CEO because that is a great big responsibility, I would think, Yeah. if you've seen Iron Man 2. <laughs> Poor Penny. She could not. She could not deal with with being CEO. No, that was really hard on her. I think. Uh huh. But you know, I want to be CEO of a company one day, though. You're CEO of your own company right now. That's true. I am, but no one, <laughs> no, no one cares about my company right now. Oh well, that's true. <laughs> I care. Oh, you're so sweet. All two of our listeners care. <laughs> <laughs> How many of our listeners do you really think went and visited the website last week? Um, probably two or three. I know my mom did. Was she impressed? I, you know what? She she commented on Facebook because I posted it up on Facebook, and she said, "Well, how about that?" And that's all she said. <laughs> you know, I think I think she listened. I did, but you know, I don't I don't know because I haven't really talked to her very much since then. I think she's maybe avoiding me. She's, all, she's ashamed. We all try to avoid you on on occasion, man. I know, I know. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm easy to avoid or anything. I'm only five foot one. You can miss me behind most counters and shelves at the store. 
probably true. Mm. <laughs> movie. All right, welcome to old movie, old movie. Uh, we wish we could be doing old movie, new movie, but we're both broke, and there's only crappy movies in the theater right now. Yeah, it's true. I'm a poor college kid. Sorry, guys. All right. Maybe uh, next. Maybe next week I'll see a new movie. All right, Mary. You, you tell them about your old movie. My old movie this week is Escape from New York with Kurt Russell, directed by John Carpenter. One of my favorite movies of all time. It's a cult classic. Not everybody liked it when it came out. It, it didn't open to very good reviews, but it definitely has earned its own place in kind of the, you know, futuristic, you know, kind of sci-fi-ish genre, even though it's not really sci-fi in any particular way. It's kind of got this Armageddon feel to it. It's really great. I really liked this movie. Kurt Russell plays a guy named Snake Plissken. He's kind of this one-eyed badass. They pull him out of prison or something um, to try and go into Manhattan, which has been turned into a maximum security prison, the whole island, um, to bring out the president because Air Force One apparently was crashing or something, and the president got taken hostage. So he, Snake had to go in there and, and find him, and Kurt Russell just is so badass in this movie. He's just so awesome. And there's there are these running jokes throughout the whole movie. I mean, you just you really have to see it. I'm not going to give it away. All right. And my turn? Yeah. All right. My movie this week is uh, one of the greatest movies ever created by man or machine, A Clockwork Orange, starring uh, Malcolm McDowell. Directed by my favorite director of all time, Stanley Kubrick. Um, you know. Is it Kubrick or Kubrick? 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 He's dead, it doesn't matter. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Exactly. But, um, you know, a lot of people, I think, uh, did dislike the movie because it was ultra-violent, as uh, Alex Solarge would say. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty violent. But, you know, it was just like the... Um, the reason I liked it so much was the... Um, you know, it starts off, and he's all dark, and he's mean, and he's vicious. And remember the, that scene where they're walking down the alley, and they beat up the, the drunk? Yeah. And it's just like, it's like so cold, you know? It's like these, these kids have no moral boundaries. They really, yeah, they really don't. And, I mean, of course you would pick Clockwork Orange after doing train spotting last week. <laughs> but, but so, and then, and then, you know, then he goes to jail, and he's all like, he just wants to get out. And so he, he continues on with his droogs. And uh, yeah. and he, he he volunteers for the Clockwork Orange program, and it just like messes him up. And well, it, not surprisingly, it's and so he's like like any sort of violence just like makes him cringe and vomit and cry. So he's he's incapable of commit of committing any sort of violence. And uh, everyone, all his friends and his family, like no one will take him in until um, um after his, after his friends beat him up, he's taken in by the uh, the family. Of the um, of the um, of the woman he raped at the end of the uh, the first half of the movie, and like, and they um, and they just like this mess with them and they beat him up and they try to kill him and it's just like, and then the whole story turns around and everyone just starts feeling bad for him because he he's been he's been tortured by these people now, mm-hmm. so so they reverse they release him from jail and they reverse the process, you know it's just like it's just like a um, you know a whole morality play about you know. How, how crime and punishment works. That's my opinion. 
you know, there have been a lot of opinions since that movie came out about, you know, moral, the morality and the, the questioning thereof in that movie. It's, I just remember it being, it's been so long since I've seen it, but I remember it being very messed up and not wanting to watch the rest of it. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I was reading um, a blog a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about songs that are ruined for them by movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the top ones was um, Singing in the Rain from, from A Clockwork Orange. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, you know, my whole, I, I never saw the movie Singing in the Rain. It's a good one. But um, I never saw the movie. So my only, my, my only like, historical, like, reference to the song in a movie is A Clockwork Orange. So it, it totally fits, and it's like, it's like my whole impression of it is just like this sick and twisted, uh, you know joke of a song well i think the thing the thing about it is is that you know singing in the rain it was such a wholesome kind of movie you know it was fun and funny and good and there were songs and there was love and there was some conflict and you know it was just kind of one of those feel-good musical movies that they turned out you know back in the 50s or whatever but um or the 40s or whenever it was made i can't remember at the moment but uh, yeah, to take it and put it in Clockwork Orange, so dark and twisted, I think it's just, I think it really just makes this big contrast. You know, it really changes the whole theme of it. It does. That's probably what they were aiming for. I think so. Mm-hmm. Music. All right, uh, now is the part of the show where we go into albums or movie or uh, music rather. Um, my album this week is President of the United States of America's self-titled album that was released in 1994. I still really like this album. It was great. Um, their follow-up stuff um, that I've heard wasn't very good, but um, the songs on this one just still really get to me. I don't know if it's maybe part of a nostalgia kick or, or what's going on because I was going like I was fourth and fifth grade or something when that one came out, and uh, Lump and Peaches and all of those songs on there just always have stuck with me, and it's it's still on my iPod right now. You know, my, my, my favorite song from that album was uh, Stranger. That's a great one. It is a great one. It's kind of messed up. Like, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of messed up kind of ideas in, those, in some of those songs. But um, I think my favorite song, or at least my current favorite song, I think it's called Candy. Um, and they talk about, you know, the devil must be a dentist with deep jawbreaker eyes, um, gumdrop lips, red rope hair, and cotton candy thighs or something. Weird. And just it's. I think it's talking about addiction. I really do. But <laughs> it's just so. It's just. It gets to me every time. I just love this album. I really do. It's fun and kind of messed up and I don't know. You know, it's you, one of my favorites ever. You just made me feel really old when you said you were in fourth or fifth grade when that album came out. Yeah, nineteen ninety four. I was in high school. I was like a sophomore. <laughs> yeah, well, you're old. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Don't say I'm old. Only a couple of years older than me. Come on, it's not that bad. <laughs> All right, my album this week is uh, Rome from uh, producer Danger Mouse and the Italian composer Daniel Lupi. This is a, this came out recently, but it took five years to make, and it's, it's music inspired by the spaghetti westerns of the 60s and 70s. Oh, that uh, sounds like a hoot. It is an awesome album. Uh, Nora Jones and uh, Jack White both sing on it, and I mean, it's just amazing. It's so, It's like very sensual and just sexy music i think this and not, not not sexy in the sense that it's like sexual it's just sexy uh-huh. know what i mean 
What genre would you say it kind of fits into? Um, well, it's kind of the music. There's, there's no, there's no. Um, it's kind of um, like not classical music, but it's kind of if you if you remember the music from Spaghetti Westerns, it's very similar <laughs> to that music. I don't know what I don't know what that falls into. According, Spaghetti Western music, apparently. According to um, Wikipedia, the genre it is in, it falls into is indie rock, folk rock, symphonic rock, operatic pop, and Spaghetti Western. Huh. But I recommend everyone goes out and listens to this album. It's just, it's amazing. I want to eat Italian food now. The Point. Alright, now we're getting to the point of the show. Again, Ooh. this week it's something video game related. Um, it's not any specific video game, though. We're going to be debating um, what the best uh, system was during kind of the GameCube generation, the PS2 generation. I guess that would be fourth gen or something like that system or fifth gen system for Nintendo, uh, second gen system for um, PlayStation. First gen for yeah. Xbox. Huh? First gen for Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Xbox, but... You know what? We're we're just gonna have to rule out Xbox. No, anyway. you can't rule out Xbox. I have a whole point to make about Xbox. <laughs> it really sucked when it first came out. Yes, that giant controller for people with Neanderthal hands was you was terrible. But the with like eighteen at the, buttons. On. At the end of that generation, the only system I played was the Xbox. You know what? At the end of the towards the end of the generation, Xbox started coming out with some really good titles. I think that's what helped them kind of with their with their Xbox 360 kind of platform to boost that a little bit more. Right. They started coming out with a lot of great stuff. But if you if you played it when it first came out, they had some pretty awful games. Which I did. And that thing was heavy. I had to lug that thing like two miles home walking. It was huge. Yeah, it was huge. And the, the controllers, they felt I mean, they were as big as shoes. They were. It was terrible. I mean, like imagine trying to pick up one of your shoes and play it. And I have small feet, and that's saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, it felt clunky and cumbersome and all of that. Anyway. All right. Well, if we dispose of the Xbox after I've made my point. Okay. Uh, my opinion, the best the best of the systems was the Dreamcast. You know what? I really didn't like Dreamcast either. You know, I love Dreamcast. I thought their graphics were, you know, it, it, the graphics were probably, in my opinion, the best of the, the, the starter graphics. You know, because you know the, the, the graphics at the very beginning of a system are never the best that system can do. Right. But... The graphics, starting out. the starting graphics for the Dreamcast were amazing, and the games that came out on it, like, um, I mean, they came out later on different systems as well. But like Jet Grind Radio, was was awesome. That was a great game. Was it? Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember that game? I, I didn't play it. I remember hearing about it, but I didn't play it. I didn't really like the Dreamcast, to be honest with you. They didn't have a whole lot of titles that I was I was recognizing, which. You know, on on one hand, that's kind of cool that they're doing something different, but I think it was a little too out there, you know, and it just didn't really capture the people that it pro- they probably could have. I don't know. Um, you know, the, yeah. the, the the main games I played on that system, because it died really quickly, but mm-hmm. um, were Grandia 2, I think it was called, and Grandia 2 is, to, to this day, probably my favorite RPG. Grandia 2, I remember hearing about that one. Um, I even went over to a friend's house and watched him play it for a while. It I, was pretty decent. I mean, the story was the story was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the magic system was pretty cool, and the battle system was pretty cool. I mean, it all worked together. It was you know, it sucked. I bought Grandia three when Grandia three came out, and uh-huh. I wanted to stab myself in the face because it was terrible. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, that's funny. You know, yeah, the Dreamcast. It 
it makes me so sad because it's like it, it kind of burnt out real quick, you know, like. And do you remember the games were, like, super-duper expensive for it, too? It was the same. I want to say they were the same price as the other systems. They weren't, I think they weren't, I remember them being more expensive. I didn't have a Dreamcast, but, but I think I, I remember being in the GameStop or, you know, the Game Exchange or whatever know, it was and, to, and seeing the, the Dreamcast games being more expensive by at least 10 bucks. To be fair, though, when I was buying the Dreamcast games, I was in Germany. Oh, yeah. So my prices were probably slightly different because I was buying I was buying them on a military installation in Germany. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, those those military guys they tend to get discounts for stuff like that. They do. We're special like that. No taxes and things like that. We're special. So you're you're pretty special, Jay. <laughs> so okay, so we have the GameCube and the PlayStation Two left. Yeah, I know. I didn't care for the GameCube at all. The GameCube had a lot of great games, it, titles on it. You know, I never, you know, I never cared for Nintendo after, um, with the exception of the rare game on Super Nintendo. But I never uh-huh. cared for Nintendo after the original Nintendo. After I stopped playing the original Nintendo, after I beat Super Mario Bros. Three, I didn't care about <laughs> Mario anymore. Like the so rest of those to, games. To you, that was the height of Nintendo. That was <laughs> well. The Wii now, the Wii is pretty cool. I do, I do enjoy the ability. I, the games that come out on Wii, I don't really play because I don't like them. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the the ability to, like, download old Nintendo games is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know what? But, but the GameCube had a lot of really great games on it and a lot of really great titles. They kept they kept in line with a lot of their a lot of their things. And it's like they, they didn't sell as many, and they were starting to kind of go down, and, and, and things were not looking very good for them after the GameCube. But the, the GameCube's portability was a great big deal. It even had a little handle on the back of it. It was, it was compact. It was easy to, to handle and take care of. The controllers were kind of clunky, but um, they weren't as bad as the Xbox, for sure. Yeah, Nintendo, ever like, after the Super Nintendo uh, controller, they just they started making freaky, com- freaky, freaky uh, controllers. Like The 64 controller they're was like, really weird. They're like 3D controllers. Yeah. I, I prefer me a flat controller. You know, maybe <laughs> a shoulder button or two. That's it. <laughs> I don't need, like, like, like 14 joysticks. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? The cube controller was a lot easier to handle than the sixty-four controller. I'll give it that much. Mm. But the, the sixty-four controller was kind of hard because it was like there were some games where you had to use the 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 directional pad and the joystick in the middle, and that one didn't make any sense. But they kind of they kind of fixed that in the cube controller where they put it over there on the side. Right. Um, I kind of liked that a little bit better. But, you know, especially the, the Super uh, Smash Brothers Melee came out, and that's still going strong as a favorite game for a lot of gamers who, who have, like, you know, friends over and that sort of thing. Brawl is, is, is good, too, out for the Wii. Um, but, yeah, I think the Cube had a lot of great games. The PlayStation 2, though, I think it's going to have to rank number one in my book. No, no. I mean, at first, yes, because all the games came out for PlayStation 2. It was, so it was, many games. It was the, the system de jour, as it were. Like, all they had, had all the exclusives. The controller was easy to handle. Yeah, but the graphics it was just... were really good. I mean... Um, they had a lot of really great titles for the PS2. They were so... It was I mean, easy to get, you know, they, they even came out with PS2 Slims later on. They that did, were but no, you can't... I mean, manageable. The, uh, the PlayStation 2, it had a lot of great games, true, but it also yeah. had a lot, a ton, a ton of shitty games. You know, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I, I have seen a ton of shitty games for the PS2, but in, in, in the PS2's defense, they also ported a lot of games from Xbox to PS2 and, and back and forth. 
So if they'd make a title on Xbox, they'd make it on PS2. As well. Right, and that, that was probably the, one of the reasons that the Xbox didn't take off as much in that, in that in that generation was because it didn't have the exclusives. Well, PS2 got a hold of the Final Fantasy rights. Yeah, and don't bring it back to Final Fantasy. For them that Final Fantasy, um, what was it? The first one that came out, X, came out. That wasn't them. the first one for the PlayStation Two, was it? Huh? Was the X, X the first? was the first one because Nine was on PS One. It was? Yeah. Um, I remember. I remember last week I told you the last one I played was 8, so. Yeah, I know. I know. You're a Luddite. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's like they got a whole lot of these really great titles. They had stuff like Kingdom Hearts. Disney was a great big franchise for them. So getting that title was 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 a big deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean... I, I I still own the PlayStation Two for the at the time really for the sole purpose of playing Grand Theft Auto games. I knew you were going to say that. I love those games. I don't know why I knew you were going to say that, but I knew you were going to say that. I mean, I, mean, I never did. I never did get into the GTA games. I just could not, for some reason, justify going around beating people up, ripping them out of a car, you know, running the car into a building and getting out and running around doing something else. Beating, beating up prostitutes, getting on top of buildings yeah. and sniping people. Right? It's, it's amusing. You know, there's something very cathartic about the whole situation. <laughs> Somehow I knew you were going to say that too. It is. I mean, I remember when I first bought um, the original Grand Theft Auto and I discovered the tank. And I'm just like rolling down the street in a tank. I'm blowing up everything. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. This is so... I'm, I, that's a, I, I just got home from work and I was, I was in a bad mood. But that game, you know, really, woo, yeah. <laughs> it's better than so going to a bar and getting in a fight. Press release. Like, it was really good for you. It was. Emotionally. It was. It was very good for emotionally. I might have gone out and beaten someone up if I hadn't had that game. I can kind of see that. Everybody deals with it a little differently. You know, me, if I, if I had just gotten off of work, I was playing something like, you know, Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts or, you know, something maybe a little bit more on the RPG side. You know what's funny about the whole Grand Theft Auto thing, though, is is I never enjoyed, or rarely, I didn't really enjoy them as much, but the, uh, the games that are based in Liberty City, did not like that as much, but like um, Vice City and San Andreas, loved those games. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I'm just not apparently. I'm just not a fan of fake New York. I don't know. It seemed like kind of a good idea at the time. You know, I could I could totally see into what they were trying to do or their vision at least, and it, it looked kind of cool. Um, I know I saw a video at one point in time. There's some kind of secret in the Statue of Liberty. There's like some kind of giant beating heart. Like if you crash in the Statue of Liberty, you climb all the way up. Hmm. I There's like know this that. crazy, creepy. Like beating heart in there. That that is kind of creepy. It, it is really creepy. There's a lot of cool little. I like I like all the different little Easter eggs and stuff that game developers put in there. So I I spend a lot of time looking them up because I'm a nerd. You are a nerd. And I know I'm a, I'm a mighty dork as you say. <laughs> this makes me <laughs> sound yeah, bad. Like that was one of them that I thought was like wow that is <laughs> that is really super creepy. Pop culture. All right, guys, it's time for uh, Pop Culture. And uh, this week we're doing um, the 20th anniversary of Nirvana's album, Nevermind. Possibly one of the greatest albums ever made. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite. But um, 
What's going on is uh, John Stewart has agreed to uh, interview the uh, surviving members of Nirvana, um, Chris Novoselic and um, Dave Grohl, and uh, Butch Vig, the producer of the album Nevermind, for uh, Sirius's XM Town Hall, which sounds amazing, which makes me wish I actually subscribe to Sirius Radio. Right. But, um, you know, it's a shame that... Um, Kirk Cobain could not be here for this. You know, they they killed himself so many years ago. Well, I think the I think that the fact that they're getting together now, you know, and going over it is kind of one of the one of the ramifications or one of the things that happened because he killed himself. I mean, if he hadn't killed himself and he was still around, you know, would they still be making music? Would they be interviewing him about twenty years later? I they mean, would, I don't. don't you? Do you remember? Um, it was a year or two ago when uh, when when Ten's anniversary was. Remember, you know, when Pearl Jam Ten, their anniversary. Oh, yeah. They, they, uh-huh. they re released the album, this whole new thing. They, they remastered oh, it, and they, they made a and they did like a whole hour long special with VH1 about the whole about the album and how what went into making it and like, what the songs were about. Great album. Ten was a great album, but. Mm-hmm. But I hope they do a similar things with Nevermind because Nevermind was, in my opinion, by far the more influ- more influential album. Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that one. I mean, Nevermind came out and it was like this great big, like it was this big deal, you know. And and John Stewart, anything anything he has to interview, he does a great job interviewing. I think, especially he just he just seems real poignant. I think he'll ask a lot of good questions. Um, I may have to ask my dad if I can have his XM account so I can hear it. <laughs> you know, so, I remember able to listen. You know, speaking of the the uh, the importance of Nevermind, I remember um, Henry Rollins talking about um, talking about, and he I said that that when um, that when um, Kurt Cobain when made his first, you know, thing, you know, all the hair, all the hairspray just fell out of the, uh, of the, of the hair metal people's hair. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love Henry Rollins too. He's my hero. Henry Rollins, he's great. He's great. I love him. Him and his humongous neck. <laughs> he has the thickest neck known to man. <laughs> it's pretty thick, and he's a small guy. Is he really? Yeah. He's kind of a shorty. He is a shorty. I like short guys, though. Are you saying I like tall guys? I like all kinds of guys. But are, you, yeah. are you saying you, you want to date a fifty-year-old Henry Rollins? I don't know. He's married. He, he got, got married? Good ideas about when did he get married? Like, I, I like his brain. He's got a good brain. When did he get married? I never I didn't hear about that. I don't know. I thought he, I thought he was married. No. That, I mean, he might be. He might have gotten married, but last time I heard he wasn't. Oh, well, he's up for grabs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think it will be, I think it will be exciting to hear about some of that stuff. 20 years ago, really? Oh, God, I feel old. You know, I like how I like how he plays, he says himself aging alternative rock god. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's funny. Science and history. All right, science and history, guys. It's my favorite part. Um, my story today is going to be about a brain that was discovered in England. Um, they were doing some excavations in Hesslington, I think is what it's called, uh, University of York. Um, they were expand. They were planning to expand their campus, and they always have archaeological digs and stuff carrying out in advance to construction because you know English England has a lot of history, and I guess they don't want to you know destroy any of it, which I I love actually. Um, but they found this decapitated head in a 
in a water pit, basically, or a, or a mud pit, and inside this skull was a brain that was well, like really well preserved. Um, it was an exceptional find. It was it's it's twenty five hundred year old brain. You know, I mean, if you look at the picture, it's really only half a brain, and it's covered in dirt. It's it is kind of mushed. It is, but it's still crinkly. I mean, it's still obviously a brain. Like you look at it and you say, "Oh, that's a brain." It does look like a brain. I will give you that. It's just it's crazy that that's something. You know, according to what I read there, um, the brain is usually the first thing to go. Right. Well, the 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 theory is is that it was. It was since he was decapitated, he was separated from the gut bacteria, and a lot of the the, the stuff in the body that kind of decom- starts to decompose. Um, not only that, but it was kind of preserved in this wet kind of atmosphere and and ground. You know how they have um, a lot of scientists back in the day used to preserve brains and body parts and stuff in jars. I know, I've seen the movies. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I think it's so, it's so interesting because here it's saying, um, you know, the, the unique chemistry of the brain's lipids and proteins, they recombine to form a stronger, more stable material. And that's probably another reason why it survived so long. So, so it, if you think, I mean, it was way back, let me see, the Iron Age, um, they're saying it's from, let's see here, uh, 673 to 482 BC is when they carbon dated it. Uh, they're saying the guy is anywhere from 26 to 45. But I mean, think about that time period. That's that's the beginning, or even right before the Viking incursion. So that's way back. Right. You know, BCE. That's that's before the Common Era. So I think he died. It was apparently a ritualistic hanging and decapitation, and the burial occurred very rapidly okay. after his death. I don't understand. I don't understand that. How, how how do you ritually hang somebody? I've never heard of that. Huh? You, you ritually cut people's hearts out, ritually behead people, ritually rip all their body parts off, you know, ritually pluck out eyeballs maybe, but ritually <laughs> hang people? You don't ritually hang people. No one does that. That's I've never heard of that. I you know what that's that's going to be a first for me too. I don't I don't really know what the what the deal was, what they thought that was the best way to go. Um <laughs> I don't know, but that's that's the theory anyway. So, um, but who killed the brain in a buried skeleton? Um, it was like near his body too. So but everything who... else was gone, but it, it's really given them a good chance to understand why brains persist so long after the rest of the body has decayed. Because apparently, it's not the first brain to be found, but it's it's apparently the oldest one. So I think that's really cool. I know. If you look at the picture as well, it still looks mushy. It it looks juicy. It does. It does. Like you'd squish it and it would juice at you. It's kind of gross, but it is kind of awesome. That is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. I hope they do like a facial reconstruction of the guy. Like they have a they have a, his skull, most of his skull. I want to see what he looks like because it looks like he's got kind of a big old head. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I want to see this guy. I'm gonna be like, hey, there's your brain. It's like that guy from uh, the Goonies. Ah, oh, that guy. <laughs> I know, I know which one you're talking about. Um, oh, I wish we had the technology to hook up, you know, a machine or something to the brain, 
and fire old synapses and, and neurons and stuff and see if it would still go. Kind of like an old hard drive or something. It's like, I wonder if this still works. <laughs> that's, that's completely insane and mad scientist of you, Mary. It is kind of. I need, I need a lab coat. I need several dozen beakers of different colored fluids. And I need a lot of hair gel. Stat. <laughs> YouTube. This week's YouTube favorite, channel favorite is called Duende Music. Um, it's an acapella band based out of New York. Um, they started, let's see, December of 2007. I definitely recommend listening to their music. They also have an album out, which they do several covers. They tend to favor um, Michael Jackson songs because the beat and the synths are easy to um, reproduce as far as noises go. Um, and their harmonies are just stellar. I mean, just amazing. They sound um, really tight. There's... Let me see how many people are in this band. It looks like six. Um, the bass guy, his name is Ari, I think. He's really, really cute, so look out for him. Um, they do a really great version of Thriller, you guys. I mean, I'm telling you, you just really need to check them out. Do they have any um, original music? Do they have what? Original music? Yeah, they have a lot of their own songs and stuff on this album. You can go onto their YouTube channel, and they have a lot of their uploads um, and stuff done there. Um, some of that stuff is Michael Jackson. They do a Prince. It's a rehearsal uh, video, but their version of Kiss, they do uh, All I Want for Christmas is You is another good one. Um, but yeah, some of his, some of their, their uh, indie stuff is I'll See You Tomorrow, Someone You Don't Know, Poor Dan, Your Lady. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely, I feel like, I feel like the Rain Man, definitely, definitely check them out. Definitely check them out. Definitely. I buy, I buy my, my underwear at Kmart, Kmart <laughs> underwear. <laughs> But they're, yeah, they're great. All right. It's time to say goodbye. All right, that's the show for this week. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Um, Join I'm, us next week where we shave James's head. We were not shaving my head. So you say. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye, have a good one. Hmm, we still recording? Where's my beard? Ah, I got smoke in my eye.